excitement in this house. It's excitement for the right reasons. Hallelujah. Matthew 21, excitement about Jesus. Excitement about His power, His blessings. Hallelujah in our lives. I know we've been just having high church around here last several services, and I'm excited about it. I tell you, I appreciate people just putting their hearts into hearing the Word of God. We will, uh, don't know just exactly, praise God, just what kind of spirit this is going to be uh, evoking in you, but it might just be some Bible study. But we want to obey God today. I know you understand this. I shouldn't have to say it, but I will say it. We don't try to just come up with something to get you excited. I want to hear from God. I want something that's going to help you, something that's going to feed you, something that's going to perfect you. Amen. That's that's the only motive I have. I'm not trying to get famous. I'm not trying to to just have everybody love me. I hope I, everybody does. But I, I want to help you be saved. I want to help you be blessed. Matthew 21. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. And we thank you for the truth. Lord, it's so hard sometimes in this generation where everybody's right and everything is fine and everybody's got their truth. But God, we want your truth. We want the truth. And Lord, I ask you please to open our hearts and open our souls, Lord, and that the Word can be planted deep into our lives. Not just a shallow experience, God, but something that will get down into our lives and change us. Bless each one today, Lord. I ask for your anointing. I ask for, Lord, your leading. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. Matthew 21, verse 15. It says, When the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, they saw what he was doing, and they couldn't deny it was wonderful. But it says they also saw the children crying in the temple. They weren't weeping, but they were crying out. They were making some noise. Saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They saw the wonderful things that he did, but their attention was on the children. And they were sore displeased. God help us. And said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? We're going to just interrupt everything. Try to throw a wet blanket on it and say, don't you see what's going on? Jesus saith unto them, yea. But he points them to the word. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings? Thou hast perfected praise. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to talk today, this morning for a little while, title this Simply Perfect. Simply Perfect. Jesus was pointing to something here that was so important for those that were older, those that had been around the church maybe longer than most, some of those that were in leadership positions. Praise God. He was using these children 
as examples of how to praise God perfectly. We know that the Bible does not put a premium on immaturity. There is no value in just being a, a baby, so to speak, for all of your life. But there's something we can learn from the children and their praise. There was something there that I want to talk about, not only in worship and praise, but in serving God. That we can see, and, and, and sometimes even when, you, when, when over the years, sometimes we have witnessed young children, sometimes very young, five, six, seven years old, coming and just responding to the presence of the Lord. God help us. Just coming into His Spirit, not so caught up in, in all their, 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 their overthinking of things and all their thoughts. Brother Christopher was talking about this morning, just letting that go and, and loving God and worshiping God and not trying to overanalyze anybody or anything. See, those children that were just focused in on Jesus, just focused in on how wonderful He is. Simply just how wonderful He is. He said, look to them as your example. I want to say to you before I teach what I'm not saying. Because I've heard people, I've heard preachers talk. I was just having a Bible study with somebody just a few days ago talking about this. I've I've heard preachers say things that I felt was offensive. They've almost put a value on ignorance. They've almost kind of elevated the idea, well, you don't need all that education. You don't need all that intelligence. You don't. You don't need it. But any kind of preaching or preacher that makes it sound like just like maybe at a restaurant where they ask you to check your coat at the door and, and you can get it on your way out. We'll keep it here. Any church that asks you to check your brain at the door, to take your thinking and your mind off while you come in, hey, I, I get as far away from that as possible. I was thinking this morning about some of the men we've got lined up to come preach for us here in the next few months. Very intelligent men. Very intelligent men. People that, as far as that goes, I look up to. Amen. I, I think, wow, if I could only have uh, what they got going on between their ears, God, you help me grow. But they don't lean on that for anointing. They don't rely on that. I've talked to Brother Parks about this and told him am I concerned about people that seem like they, they I've heard people say, well, he's, he's too smart for his own good. And he's too, hey, I'm going to tell you, when you are threatened by somebody using the mind God gave them, the Bible says that we all love him with all our heart, soul, and mind. I'm not saying you've got to take your mind and take your uh, critical thinking away, but I am telling you that anybody that will lean unto their own understanding is going to miss it. I, as I started to say, Brother, Brother Parks, I, I said, I commend you for, for your intelligence, but there's an anointing there. He said, I don't lean on that. I don't put my confidence in that. Amen. That's not, that's not what is, uh, that is not my anointing. And that's, hallelujah. 
I want to talk to you this morning about hearing from God and being led by by God. Amen. We're not against an education. We're not against thinking and questions. I love, I try to evoke that in young people. I try to bring that out in saints. You ought to be asking questions. Go ahead. God's not threatened by your questions. Amen. We're not going to be put off. I, I've heard too many people say, I, I've asked this question in a Bible study, or I asked this question to a preacher, and they made me feel so uncomfortable or ashamed, or uh, I've been told I, I oughtn't ask things like that. It's rebellious. God help us. We ought to learn. We ought to be disciples. You know, the very commission of God is to make disciples. Not interested in what you feel good about, what your opinion is, what your, what, what, uh, uh, but what, what's the Word of God say? What's God want? What's God like? Amen. We want to teach you that. We want it to be yours. Don't want you to just follow my, uh, what I say. I, uh, recently, a man that uh, has... I, I kind of, uh, in, in, in a very indirect way, I've been in touch with. And, and he said, I, I really just don't think church is a place for me because I understand that, that asking questions and, and, and uh, just opposing things and trying to get good answers, that's not, that's not what faith is. And I said, that's, exact, that's so wrong. Amen. I believe somebody testified about it. It was a brother Bob here. He said, prove me now. Prove me now. I live for God because, you know what, I, I put a little confidence in Him at one time and, and, and He performed miraculously for me. Amen. And, and then I felt like I could trust Him a little bit more and then I found out, hey, he, he, he did exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think. Amen. And today I trust Him with some things. People say, what's wrong with you? Aren't you worried? He's never done me anything but good. I'm not telling you not to think. I'm not telling you not to ask questions. I'm not telling your, you your education has no value. But I am telling you that we do have a battle to look and think about things carnally and overthink, overexamine to a point of obsessing and, God help us, worrying, struggling, being suspicious. Hallelujah. To a point where we miss the simplicity of just coming into the presence of God. How many times, Christians, we, in our worship, in our praise, get caught up in thinking about things that have absolutely nothing to do with just how awesome God is. Amen. It might even be something about your day today and your plans today. Hallelujah. But it's keeping you from really entering into his spirit. I'm not saying maybe you haven't uh, taken your husband or wife out on a date or got together with good friends. But the question is, how much real fellowship did you have? Sometimes we can be very distracted. And sadly, in a day and an age like today, we've, we've kind of come through some things where people are just so proud of their fact to multitask. I've, oh, I'm good at multitasking. And I tell people, no, you're not. Oh, I can do like eight things at once. And not one of them has a profoundness and a quality about it that would be there if you could really just focus on one thing at a time. And when you were talking about Almighty God, He loves you. He cares about you. And more than anything else in this world, Christians, 
And people that are in church so often can go through the motions on such a shallow level and never really break down into a reality, a sincerity that says, okay, God, you've got all my heart. All my heart. Let's look at some scriptures here. Second Corinthians 1. Second Corinthians 1. Two things. God told this church. Second Corinthians 1 verse 12. Says our rejoicing is this. Paul is saying I'm excited about something. I think the Corinthian church after hearing all the challenging statements that he made about their walk with God, I think they probably got excited about hearing that he's rejoicing about something. The testimony of our conscience that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you word. He's saying this went down deeper than my natural mind, but went down into my heart. Now again, I know there's a lot that's said because people say just follow your heart. You better be careful with that. Praise God. The Bible says your heart is desperately wicked. It's deceitful. It'll lie to you. Amen. Don't follow your heart. Follow the Spirit of God. Follow God's will in your life. And when you connect with God, when you love Him, it's going to go deeper than the what maybe even our human language can put into words. I believe that's one of the reasons they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. There's something much deeper. There's a, there's a level that goes from your spirit down deep inside of you. Amen. That when you worship God, when even when you pray. I know there's people that come to church sometimes, and whether it's pre-service prayer or prayer at the altar afterwards or anywhere in between, I've heard people really say, well, I kind of get you know, turned off by some of the emotionalism that I hear people crying and weeping and, 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 and groaning and moaning and, and all that. That's, what's going, happening is there's a brokenness that's going past our, our analytical ways of trying to always figure something out and just, just pouring out our hearts to God. Until you get a place where it overwhelms you to think that you're in the presence of Almighty God and He cares about you, loves you, and wants to fill you with His power till it puts a, a, a trembling in your spirit and a tear in your eye. You're still too shallow. Amen. There's got to be something that... I know people say, oh, I, I just, I'm going to stay away. It seems like I'm always crying. I'm always... That's God dealing deeper than what you're used to. Trying to dig down deeper. And sadly, there's a lot of people that have shut that off completely. God needs to heal that. That's why he was pointing to the children. They're not filled up with all this hurt and, and, and all figuring people out because you don't want them to hurt you again and trying to figure out their motives and why are they here. They don't really mean it. And what they said, and they're not even worried about it. They're just, oh, you're so wonderful. There's a humility in that, a brokenness in that, that Jesus said it's simple, but it's perfect. It's childish, but it's perfect. 
Later on in 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, look what it says. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. Paul's talking to the church. Of course, the Holy Ghost is anointing him. But I fear, lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve, through his subtlety, so your minds, there it is, your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Our worries, fears, regrets, anxieties, our baggage, our experience with all these things tie us up in our minds and don't let us really enter into the Spirit. When God would allow us to just, through His grace, have our spirit, our our words, our mind, all just in unity, focused on God. Oh, there's going to be a breakthrough in your life. It's a breakthrough that I've seen come easy for young children. And sometimes take forever for grown-ups. Because they have no idea how just to say, you know what, it's deeper than what I'm thinking right now. I'm not, I don't have to take it, take that, turn it off. I just need to focus it on something deeper than just how I perceive it. That my mind and the way I look at things and perceive things, I've got to go deeper into loving God. Deeper into a, a an emotional devotion to God. An excitement that I can let myself be excited. I've seen people, I mean, I get this um, with with children. Sometimes uh, older children that have been bullied around and beat up a lot. That uh, you know they're they're so worried about other people, so worried about the brother was saying what people are thinking about them. And praise God. And and, and that mind of it's going so many. Di- you see people never really break free of that and. And, and they learn how to lift their hands. They learn how to say some things. But it's just not really something that's flowing from their hearts. Because they've guarded that for so long. Sometimes we, we put up all these different fences and walls to try to make sure we're safe. But when you come into the presence of God, you've got to trust Him that He is going to keep you safe now. One of my favorite I don't have a lot of favorites, but I, I guess I, I can say this. One of my favorite scenarios of something that's kind of an illustration of, a, of something very profound in the Bible is when Jonathan is having a conversation with David. David's on the run. David is supposed to be the king, but he's, he's being tracked down and hunted to be killed as a rebel. And Jonathan is the son of the king that's hunting David. But Jonathan's a man of God. And Jonathan sees the will of God in David and sees that the devil is using his father Saul. And his dedication is to the kingdom of God. And he, can I say it this way, he pledges his loyalty, his allegiance unto David. In a way where he takes his 
his bow and his arrows and lays them down before David. Takes his armor and his arms and lays them down. And in effect, he's saying, David, I want you to know something. I trust you. And you're going to, if I'm going to have a defense, it's going to have to be you now. I surrender. If somebody's going to fight, you're going to have to fight for me. I surrender. And I believe that is the kind of surrender we need to Almighty God. That when we come to Jesus, that we say, God, I'm done fighting, I'm done resisting, I'm done being on the defense. God, I trust you. You're going to take care of me. You're going to fight for me. You're going to defend me. If they're saying something about me, Lord, you're going to have to take care of it. I don't care. I'm just going to have my focus on you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians, we said, I fear lest by any means that serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity which is in Christ. If you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, if you're going to, listen, my Bible tells me my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my, why is it so seldom you're hearing God's direction? Feeling God's prompting. Having the wisdom that God wants you to have. Because you're on this shallow level of carnal thinking all the time. So distracted. And it's keeping you at a place where you can't be led by the shepherd. You might say, hey, I still go to church. I still pray. I still read my Bible. But all that overthinking, all that that carnal dissecting of everything constantly and never being able to to rest in the Spirit of God keeps you on this shallow level that you can't really get the direction God's leading you in. I was reading something this morning just in my own devotions, not not in any kind of study, but I set it aside and just, just was reading for me. And I was reading about that Sabbath day and how Ooh, that was serious business. He said, if you're not keeping it, you've got to, you're going you're gonna to be cut off. You're going to be... It, it was serious. And I, and I thought, how serious it is that God's people enter into this rest. That we can fully trust God, fully enter in. This New Testament says we're not judged by feast days, new moons, meats that are clean and unclean. We're not, not uh, judged by Sabbath days. But those were shadows of Christ. And now we have that rest as we enter into Him through His Spirit, through faith in Him. We enter into that rest. And if you're not walking in that rest, constantly just preoccupied, your mind going 100 miles an hour about this and that, and never really getting into the Spirit, you're not going to hear Him. You're not going to hear that still, small voice. Elijah heard the, the thunder and the lightning and the earthquake, and God's Spirit was not in it, but it was a still, small voice. Romans 8, Romans 8, verse 14. Oh, hallelujah. Romans 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. This is a defining factor of being led by God's Spirit. Say, what about being filled with the Spirit? Oh, that's start. That's the start. But that's just the start. Are you being led by the Spirit? Does God lead you? Does God give you ears to hear what His Spirit would say to the church? 
A lot of people are not interested in that. And I'll tell you why. I appreciate so much. I know I refer to your um, testimonies so often and because they are they're, they're just so, so good. <laughs> just so good. And Brother Cain, appreciate what you had to say again today. Last time you testified, you were excited about being able to wake up in the morning and say, hey, this isn't, I'm not doing so good in this area. I need to start working on that. You're on the right track, brother. Because I'll tell you, there's a lot of folks that just want to go through their lives. All they want to hear is, I'm doing good, I'm doing right. They don't want to, they don't want to step into this next step of being able to say, okay, God, I know you love me. I know you're there for me. You know, so much. I think I was sharing with somebody this week. So much of the songs people listen to. So much of the Christian literature they listen to. So much of the preaching that is so popular today is, Oh, I can't do anything right. Thank you for the mercy of God. I fall down constantly. I don't even know why I bother getting up. Thank God for His mercy. Oh, without God's grace, I'd never do anything right. I'm just a miserable wretch. I'm a failure. And all that is true. There's nothing wrong with any of that. I love the fact that, uh, that if I stumble, I can get back up. But there is a life that you can actually fight a battle and win. And say, hey, thank you for victory in Jesus. Amen. Thank God I made it. I did the right thing. But I, I leaned on God. I trusted Him. I put my confidence in God and did something right. I didn't lose control. I don't have any regrets today. To be able to say, you know what? When I get into the presence of God, I already know He loves me. He's there for me. I don't feel like He's ready to condemn me. He wants me to be saved. And what a blessing that is. And when God says, there's something you could be doing better. You know, when you're thinking carnal throughout the day, you know. You know what everybody else ought to be doing better. You see their problems. And you've got it all figured out. You know how they do it, what they should be doing, why it's wrong, how it's going to go wrong, how many people did it that wrong, and how it's going to happen. You know all about it. Oh, we need to get back to the simplicity. We need to get back to the focus of just looking at how wonderful God is. Amen. But if I do that, God might say, you know what you did wrong this morning? You know what you struggle with lately? You don't have to be all, oh, it's just, you know how many times I've heard, I haven't heard it for a while, thank you, Jesus. How many times are, you know, I come to church and, you know, it's, it's just always, it's never good enough. Oh, no, that's not true. But there's always something you can be working on. There's always a place where you could grow and do better. And there's not, you oughtn't be so worked up about it. That shouldn't be a problem. You'll be excited. You're in school. Amen. You're being a disciple. You're learning. You're growing. That attitude that says, I got to constantly work. It just seems like it's always like I'm being convicted and put down for something. I remember my, I was thought about it this morning when I was uh, praying about this message. And, and I, I, we had a couple in the church and kind of sat close back there where Brother Bob is. And, and uh, the wife seemed really excited about church and a fire for God. Her husband wasn't so much. And... Uh, but they were both claiming to be uh, children of God and, and, and living for God, knowing at least some of this truth. And, and I remember just exhorting on something that I had read that week and, and was thinking about how uh, it was Isaac 
that just like his dad told, I think it was Abimelech, told him, hey, that's not my wife. You know, uh, honey, I love you, but I don't want them killing me to steal you away. And we're going to go in this area and they're going to take one look at you and say, uh, if she's married, she's about to be a widow so I can marry her. That's that what he knew. That's what they did. So he said, let's just say we're, we're, we're related. We're brother and sister. And we're going to, we're going to just go like that. Dad did it that way. It worked for us too. And, uh, and the Bible says that they kind of got away with it for a while. And then it says that the ruler that time looks out his window and sees them sporting. And, and I, I could probably tell you what that Hebrew dictionary definition is. But basically, he looked out the window and said, that's not how brothers and sisters act. Not around here. There was some, some, some uh, behavior that was only appropriate for a married couple. And they had given themselves away. They were saying one thing, but their actions finally told on them and let them know where their true affections were. Amen? And can I tell you, you can put on a a superficial act for a while, but I tell you, your affections will tell on you. If you love this world and the things of this world more, it's going to show in your life. I tell you, around here, you see how excited people are about Jesus, how they just get it's their emotions, it's their heart and their worship and their testimonies in every part about it. It tells on you. There's something in you that's beneath the surface, something in you that goes deeper. And I'm not here to preach against hypocrisy, really. But what I am saying is, sometimes if we don't allow God to get down deep into our hearts and into our spirits, amen, we're missing the direction of God. You can pray and never really get in the spirit. Never go past that just, here's what I think. And you know what ends up happening? You know what ends up happening? We come to church and we are inadvertently hypocrites. We're not really pouring our hearts out to God, but we'll sing a song about all of me. I give you all of me. Amen. We say things and we don't even recognize we're not doing that. There's so often I, 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 because there came a time in my life where I said, God, I don't want to just talk the talk. I don't just want to say it. I want this to be who I am. I want this to be down deep on every level that I've got. And I think some of you know, you can hear people talk about God and about being a Christian. And then you, you look at their life and you see they, their, their affections aren't really lining up with their words. Amen. They, we, we say things, but we don't listen to what we're saying and say, am I really doing that? We do that for others. Oh, they're, they're being a hypocrite. They're not really that serious. But what about you? What about me? Are we really saying it, meaning it, and living it? Not the hearers of the word only, but the doers shall be blessed. There's a lot of saying one thing and doing something completely different. Back up in Romans 8, look at it. Here's where the battle is. 
We read verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 4 says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Listen now. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I want to look at this a little bit. You know where that walk is? A lot of it's in our minds. We're kind of blocking God out. We're, we're looking at things with our natural understanding. We don't give God a chance to bring our mind and our spirit in sync with Him. It just goes so deep. I thank God. I thank God for good answers. I thank God for wisdom. I pray for wisdom every day. I pray for wisdom. But without a heart, without a heart, a spirit that is in touch with God, it, 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 will, it will fail me. It will fail me. Praise God, because this life is, is more than just instruction manuals. It's people. It's the Spirit of God. And it works on such a deeper level than just my own. See, my... Did you ever play around with optical illusions? Many years ago, I brought some in. You know, you look at different things and say, wow, which one's longer? And they, one, on the one side looks so much longer, the other side, and they're both exact same. Which one's darker color? Which one's, you know, farther away? And our, we can be so tricked. We are created in a way that our eyes will deceive us. There's no doubt. There's things that you look at and you're convinced. There's just no way they're the same size, but they are. Amen. Your best ability to perceive is going to fail you and frustrate you to no end and cause you... We don't like to get mad at ourselves, so we see other people and how they don't even care about what they're... And then we get mad at them. But the thing is... If we can see that God's made us not only with a mind, but a spirit. And that when that spirit can be engaged with God, we can be led by that spirit. We can be led by God. We can be guided by Him. We can be helped by Him. He'll give us the strength that we need when we're weak. But so often you spend all day long just focused on the facts and the events and the opinions. How much does that matter, really? When God wants to lead you, that righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh. Some of you, I know how much of a challenge it might be for you to say, how do I do that at my job? You can be as just as much a Christian there as you can anywhere else. You bring God with you. You don't have to turn off your mind. You don't have to turn off your 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 ability to try to 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 problem solve but you got to let God in that he tempers your attitude and your opinions and your heart to, that it's like okay no not my will but God your will not what i like what you like look what it says in verse 5 but they that are after the flesh listen now this idea of flesh i know uh, i've had people tell me well this flesh just means sin yeah, well yeah but it's easy to miss because really what it is, is your will versus God's will. And sometimes your will, every bit of it doesn't seem so bad. But then when you co- contrast it with God and say, wow, that's, it's wrong. Do you remember what Peter said? Remember? 
Peter said, heard Jesus say, I'm going to, the son of man's going to have to go and suffer at the hand of the Gentiles and, and, and die in three days and three nights. He's going to raise again. And Peter said, not so. How wrong, how sinful was that to say, no, I don't believe the Messiah is going to die. I don't believe you're going to suffer. No, no, he cared. He meant well. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Right? Because it was the will of the flesh, he said, that you savor more than the will of the spirit. So what I'm trying to say is you can look at yourself in the mirror all day long and say, I'm not as sinful as all those other people, but you're. Your carnal thinking is blocking out the leading of the Spirit of God. Is anybody hearing me tonight? God wants to be involved in your day. Let me tell you something that might blow your mind. He wants to be involved in your prayers and in your praise. Every day. He wants your, His Spirit involved with that. Say, I pray and tell God and talk to God. Did God talk to you at all? Did God help? Oh, I was worshiping God, telling him how awesome he is. Good, good. Did he tell you anything? What? Oh, come on. No. There's an intimacy here that God desires. And the problem that some of you have today is because you're so focused in your carnal mind that you can't break through and get down into that spirit of where your heart is just like a child just loving God. Not worried about a bunch of things that don't matter. Not worried about a bunch of things that have nothing to do with this moment of loving you, God, talking to you, God. They that are after the flesh do what? Mind the things of the flesh. I don't think they say it around here too much every now and then. You go down south, they'll tell the children to mind. Pay attention to mom. Obey mom. Amen? Mom, they'll say, my children don't mind. They're saying they, they, they don't listen to me. They don't pay attention. They don't obey. Okay. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. You're more obedient to that. You listen to it more. You're more in tune with that. You're more prone to follow that. When dumb thoughts come in your mind when you're supposed to be focusing on loving God, you, you, you mind that. You, you pay attention to that. You allow it to distract you rather than cast that down and just be like that child that's loving God. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. What the thing, mind the things of the Spirit. You're paying attention to God. Some of you, God's put gifts in you. Some of you, God wants to use you, but on the average, you're more in tune with your carnal mind than the mind of the Spirit. You're more focused on minding the things of your opinion, your emotions, what you're seeing around you, rather than, God, I want to focus in on what you think about it. I want to focus in on your heart, and I want to hear you. Amen. I've seen it. I can see it as clear as I can see it's daylight outside through that window. I can see people being bound with a carnal mind when God wants to push through and, and use you. I see people coming in, never really getting out of that carnal mindset. Oh, you're still praying. You're still singing the songs. But you don't ever get down deep into hearing the voice of the shepherd. You don't get down into that simply perfect prayer, worship. Praise to God. I know what I'm talking about today. 
the carnal, to be carnally minded. Just flesh, just natural. It's not talking about you sitting in church full of lust. Oh, I, I hope you're not. We might preach on that sometime if you are. Not sitting there full of hate. Just carnal. Just never really being led by the Spirit. Just you, your best. Your best and, and, and your form of godliness. But never really breaking down into a heart that's just open, sincere. Amen. That place where, hallelujah, you got nothing to fight for, nothing to hide, just loving God. Where God's will can be done. Where you can say, hey, God, if that's your Bible, I want it. Amen. You, you look at, we got churches. Churches. Talking to a brother here just very recently. Man, Jesus in the Gospels. Talking about these signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. After he's dead, buried, and rose again, getting ready to ascend into heaven, he tells them all, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every living creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And there's more churches than not that'll say, oh, that's a, that's a devil thinking you've got to be baptized. How? Then Jesus goes on and says, These signs shall follow them that believe. Look it up, Mark the 16th chapter. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak with other tongues. That's what Jesus said. And you've got more churches than not saying, Oh, that's the devil. And people say, Okay. Jesus said it. You know, there's a place where they came to Jesus and said, the miracles you're doing and what you're preaching is the devil. And he said, you be careful because you're getting ready to commit a sin you cannot be forgiven of. You're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. What were they doing? They were saying the move of God is of the devil. When Jesus says these signs shall follow them that believe and people are just carnal. They're afraid of the Spirit. They're so used to living in that shallow place. They're so used to living in that place where it's what I want, what I think. My will rules. Not God can't just surrender to God and say, okay, God, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of fighting. Your will be done. Let the Bible teach me. Let your word teach me. I'm tired of, of, of hiding from you. To be carnally minded is death. What's carnally minded? My will. What I want? My opinion. What I like. Hello? That's a carnal mind. God says this, and I say, but yeah, but I like this. Jesus says this, I say, but I like that. Amen. Say, it's not so bad. It's not, I'm not doing anything terrible. I'm not, I'm not being a, a, a sinner. No, but it's your carnal mind. It's your will. Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He told Peter and James and John, you're Spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. Help us, Lord. To be carnally minded is death. That means God's, God's will has got to supersede mine. And I can't be in church and just let, let my will push the Spirit away. What I want, push the leading of God away. I want to be in tune with the Spirit of God. And it's got to go deeper than my carnal mind. 
Look what it says in verse 7. Because the carnal mind, that fleshly mind that says my will reigns is enmity against God. You can't follow God if he's not truly Lord in your life. You won't. You'll follow your will, some religious way that, that, that suits me. People say, well, my, the religion that I have, the God that I serve, my religion, what's that have to do with God's truth? You've got to surrender to God. You know what I think about it? What does that count? Are you going to stand up in front of God one day? Almighty God that made you, took your sins to the cross, died a horrible, suffering death on that cross, and say, I don't know, what do you think? What did you think? Did you like what I wrote? You didn't like what I wrote? You didn't like my will? My will wasn't good enough. You had a better idea. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean nothing by it. Let's just, let, me just, let me just get right and we'll do things your way. We'll start speaking your truth. Amen. The carnal mind is enmity against God. It stands in rebellion against God and says, I want my will. I'm going to be focused on me, and I'm not listening to your spirit today. Oh, it's not subject to the laws of God. Neither indeed can be. So they that are, listen to this, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. I've had people quote this and say, well, as long as you're walking God's earth in a body, the Bible says you can't please God. You ever read any other verse but that? I mean, this whole book is about how we can please God. That we are created for His pleasure. It's not talking about walking. It's talking about following your will over God's will. Choosing your opinion over God's will. Choosing what I want over what God wants. That's walking in the flesh. God, help us to surrender to God. To yield ourselves to Him. Because I want to tell you something that is just so beautiful that happens when you do that. Almighty God will, will draw near to you and He'll use you. He'll lead you. He'll talk to you. He'll, he'll tell you your next step. He's not going to tear you down. He's going, he's going to help heal you and lead you in His will. He's going to start building in you strength, spiritual strength. He's going to start working in the gifts that He's given you and showing you how to be more effective for Him. That, gets, that only happens when we connect with His Spirit and follow Him. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Just like a child. Just like a child that simply perfect. Praise unto Him. Oh, God help us. We want so much... For our will. But God's got something greater. And He's calling you. He's dealing with you. He's drawing you. Out of your will that didn't work. You can't just say, okay, God, just start fixing my problems. Start working things out for me, God. No, He wants to work in you. That when you surrender your life to Him and say, now I can make you a Christian, a child of God. I'm going to clean up your life. I'm going to clean up your mind. Your old things are going to pass away and all things are going to become new. The way I talk, the way I think, God, I want you to cleanse my heart. This Bible says a whole lot more than just belief. Oh, belief is so important. Putting our faith and our confidence in Him is so vital, but... Hallelujah. To repent of your sins. 
to be sorry for an old life and turn to a new life, to lay it all down. Say, not my will. I want your will to be done. Oh, hallelujah. To bury that old life, to be baptized in his name, and to be filled with the Spirit of God. That's his will for you. fighting against God all you want, but there is a plan for you that His Spirit would guide you and lead you.
sometimes help people have a closer walk with God, a, a more meaningful relationship with Him, one that's based on the foundation of truth rather than just religion and religious ideas. So often, I may be speaking with someone and they say something to me and I say, what, did, what does that even mean? What did you mean by that? I don't know. So often people just say things that they think they're supposed to say. We become so good at small talk when we ought to just be letting God heal our hearts and make us real. Authentic, genuine. Not just going through the motions. So many, so many call themselves Christians just saying catchphrases but not really having a heart of what it really means to walk in the Spirit. Let's all stand. I believe as we preached here recently about prayer and how it's under attack and how we need to be more aggressive in prayer. Not just on a superficial level, but a heart that is really digging in to serving God, loving God, and a life that's being led by Him is what we need. God, I pray in the name of Jesus. This Lord, so many in this house is just such a genuine authenticity of their spirit, of their the fruit of their spirit, God, and I thank you for that. Help us, Lord, to examine ourselves. Help us to look at our lives, God, hear what we're saying, hear, see what we're doing, what it really means, what's really behind it, God, and help us, to, Lord, to walk in your spirit. Lord, I ask you to bless each one now. Keep us safe as we travel. Bless the, Lord, the service at the Margaret Mal home. Lord, let your anointing be there. And God, we just love you so much. Work in us. Speak to us. Lead us. And we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray.